children come Don't dare drive them away And then the kingdom comes Hear the holy foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come Please let the children to Children's Bible Journey with stories and songs just for kids. We have a dramatized Bible story coming up, but let's get today's program started by singing some praises to our awesome God. All kids know that growing up is a big job. There's so much to learn and do. God's Word is something you can depend on to help you and guide you every step of the way. So read it, sing it, and hide it in your heart. Psalm 119, verse 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you.
Singing is such a great way to praise the Lord. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible and Living Sound. This is the story of an orphan girl. Hadassah, for that was her name at birth, had no place to go when her parents died. She had only one relative, a cousin, cousin Mordecai, who worked in the great palace of the king. Being a little girl, Hadassah needed a home to live in, warm food every day, and most important, someone to love her. How happy she must have been when Mordecai took her home to live with him. <laughs> Let us think a moment, child. I, I'm a bit old to be a cousin. Suppose you call me Uncle Mordecai, and I shall call you Esther. It means star. That's my prayer for you, child, that your life shall be like a shining star. God heard the prayer of Mordecai's heart. As the years passed, Esther grew into a beautiful young woman who loved God and never ceased to honor him. One day, the capital city of Shushan buzzed with the news that the royal crown had been taken from the Lady Vashti, that Xerxes, king of all Persia, would seek a new queen. What is it? News from the palace? What is it? Let me see. Well, this will cause a stir throughout the kingdom. You mean just any girl can be queen without even being a princess first? That's what it says. No sense to it. No sense at all. Since when has the king required a reason for his actions? My daughter, my own daughter could be queen. Really, Deborah? Well, why not? She has as good a chance as anyone. Narrows an Egyptian obelisk where she shouldn't be, broad as an ox where she shouldn't be, and you've said yourself that she has the disposition of a camel. <laughs> That evening, Esther was preparing supper when Mordecai burst into the house. Uncle Mordecai, you've been running. You promised. There are more important matters this day. What could be more important than your health? The old man seemed not to hear. Brushing a strand of white hair from his eyes, he studied his adopted daughter as though he hadn't seen her for a long time. What is it? Are you ill? Did you stand too long in the sun? Oh, no, 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 nothing like that. Esther, you need a new robe. Asian has some nice cloth. I'll see that he makes us a special price. A new robe? Yes, yes, and a new pair of sandals with silver buckles. Well, that's very nice of you, but, but why? A new edict of King Xerxes was posted in the marketplace today. What is it now? Would the king have us plant vineyards on the housetops of Shushan? Or walk about on stilts? Why must you always make light of such matters? Oh, forgive me, Uncle. What was the proclamation? A new queen will be sought among the women of the land. Oh, well, it's to be expected. But the new queen will not be chosen from the royal houses. Every maiden throughout the empire who is fair to look upon will have an audience with the king and the opportunity to win his favor. What fun for his majesty. A great opportunity for all young women to consider. Oh, 
Oh, you can't mean me. Why not? Oh, Uncle Mordecai, you can't be serious. In the first place, I'm not a Persian, but an Israelite girl. Your race need not be shouted from the housetops. Uncle! Now, you were born and reared in Shushan. Your ways are those of Persia. Inwardly an Israelite, yes, but just supposing you were chosen, you need not tell the king that you're an Israelite. Oh, Uncle Mordecai, do you realize what you're suggesting? Esther, child... Do you doubt my love? Oh, no. No, but but how can you think of such a thing? When your parents died, I promised to raise you as my daughter. Perhaps I have failed. An old man finds it hard at times to think in the ways of a growing girl. But Esther, we Israelites are strangers in Persia, a mere handful. It would be good for our people to have a friend in the palace. As queen, you would have the king's ear. But, Uncle, I... I have not the beauty required of a queen. My face is round as a melon, and my skin is tinted by the sun. Two days hence, the maidens of Shushan are to gather in the marketplace for inspection. Will you take your place among them, Esther? For our people? For me? Oh. For God? Oh, yes, Uncle... Yes, I will. Bless you, my child. And may you find favor in King Xerxes' eyes. So it came to pass, when the king's commandment and his decree was heard, and when many maidens were gathered under the palace of Shushan, Esther was brought also unto the king's house, to the custody of Haggai, keeper of the women. continue the Bible story tomorrow, and if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. So glad you're in my life And I'm so glad you came to save us You came from heaven to earth To show the way From the earth to the cross My debt to pay From the cross to the grave From the grave to the sky Lord, I lift your name on
Everyone prays. I don't. You don't pray? Well, I try, but I don't know what to say. I mean, you're supposed to talk to the creator of the entire universe, the God who made everything. Why would he be interested in little old me? I used to think the very same thing, but then I remembered something. What? He also made me. So I figure if he went through all the trouble of giving me my silly nose and these totally strange ears, he should at least listen when I complain about them. <laughs> and your knees. You've got the craziest knees. Thank you. I get the picture. So you figure that God listens to you because of the way you look? I figure God listens to me because I'm different from everyone else in the world. I'm special, unique. If he took the time to make me the way I am, he must be interested in what I do and what I think. Because what I do and what I think is special, too. Okay, I get it. When you talk to God, you know he hears you because your prayer is different from anyone else. Just like you're different from anyone else, right? Yeah, that's right. My words are special to him. At least, that's what I like to think. You know, there are special things about me, too. I've got red hair, and my mouth is kind of crooked. God would recognize you anywhere. Cool. The next time I pray, I'll know he's listening because he made me special. Don't forget your elbow. It's totally strange. Got it. And your left eyebrow. What's up with that? Can we talk about something else now? Jesus wants to be our friend. He's interested in everything we do and longs to be included in our lives. He has placed in our hearts a desire to share our deepest secrets and brightest hopes with him. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists.
boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Chapter 6, Snakes and Bears. The shoebox kids were very hungry at breakfast the next morning. Maria kept looking at her brother while they ate. What am I going to do about Chris, she thought. Suddenly, Bonzo bounded out of the woods carrying a small branch. He hesitated a moment before running up to Jake. Get away with you. I'm eating, can't you see? Chris stuffed the last of his pancakes into his mouth and jumped up. Here, Bonzo. Here, boy. I'll throw it for you. Me too. Didi jumped to her feet. While Didi and Chris took turns throwing the branch for Bonzo, the others finished breakfast and helped with cleanup. As they packed the last storage box on the raft, Tony stepped into the clearing. She had a long, flat, very thin something hanging from her hands. What's that? Sammy asked. It looks like the skin of a snake. It is, Tony said, holding it up. You kids asked so many questions last night that I thought you'd like to see this. Ooh, that's long, Jenny said. Is that the kind of snake you were telling us about, Willie asked. Mm-hmm, Tony replied. It's the Northern Pacific Rattlesnake. Here, you can feel it. And take a good look at the colors and design in case you meet one of his relatives. Maria slowly reached out her hand and touched the skin. It's rough, isn't it? Willie felt the skin, looking closely at the pattern. Look at those big spots, he said to Sammy. They're sort of like big brown diamonds. I'm sure it was hard to see when it was on the ground. It's disguised well, isn't it? Tony began rolling it up. Its skin is the color of the dirt, and the diamond spots could look like rocks. Maybe I'll be able to find a dead rattler, Chris said, looking thoughtful. Then I could have a snakeskin, too. No way, Jake said, shaking his head. Jake's right, Tony added. Snakes have been known to bite even when they were cut into pieces. Really? Dee Dee didn't believe that. Really, Jake said firmly. So don't go near them critters, not unless you got somebody like Tony with you. Hey, look, Willie said, pointing to the tail of the snakeskin just as Tony finished rolling it up. It's got rings on its tail like a raccoon. When Tony was finished showing the snakeskin, everyone but Maria scattered to do other things. What's wrong, Maria? Tony asked. You look awfully sad. Can I trust Tony? Maria thought. I have to talk to someone. Oh, Tony, I don't know what to do. I think Chris told my parents lies about me to get me into trouble, and I think he's telling all my friends bad things about me, too. I found part of a note he wrote. Maria fished a wrinkled piece of paper out of her pocket and handed it to Tony. Read that. Tony read, I fixed Maria. There's a piece of the note missing, Maria. I know, but read the rest. Tony continued, I told Mom and Dad. Tony frowned. I don't know if this is proof of anything bad, Maria. Has Chris ever lied about you before? No, Maria shook her head, but that doesn't mean anything. I knew no one would believe me, not even you. Maria took back the note and walked away. Soon Jake called to the kids gathered around Tony. All aboard for Rattlesnake River. He sounded like a railroad conductor. Next stop, Pebble Beach. So come get your fancy duds on. The kids said goodbye to Tony and Bonzo and ran to the raft. They wiggled into their rubber wetsuits and pulled on their helmets and life jackets. Soon they were all settled and ready for another day on the river. Just before they stopped for lunch a few hours later, Jeff steered their raft into a large, quiet pool. The kids looked at him with questions in their eyes. Jeff smiled and pointed. Bear, he said softly. The kids gasped as they saw a black bear helping himself to the berries near the shore. Maria felt a little shiver run down her back. None of them dared to say a word as the raft floated about 20 feet from the shore. Once the bear paused to look at them, but he went right back to eating. 
Back on the river, the kids chattered like magpies. Did you see that? A real bear, Chris exclaimed. He was kind of cute, Jenny added. I wish I could have petted him, Dee Dee said. Jake snorted. <laughs> if you want to pet him, be sure to say goodbye to your arm first. Wow, was all Sammy could say, a smile stretched almost to both ears. Well, did he look like Bonzo, Jake asked. At first I thought so, Willie replied. Yeah, but his nose is longer, Chris added. Bonzo's is sort of squished in. And Bonzo's legs are longer, aren't they? Dee Dee asked. And Bonzo has a tail, Sammy said. Oh, that bear's got a tail, all right, Jake told him. It's just a mite shorter than that flag Bonzo waves around. Does Bonzo eat blackberries, Maria asked. Bonzo will eat most anything, but he doesn't like to pick them. Okay, hang on. We've got us one more rapids before we eat lunch. The raft suddenly picked up speed, rocked a few times, then whirled into the white water. Pebble Beach, straight ahead, Jeff called out above the noise of the rapids. A minute later, as the river turned, he steered the raft straight onto the beach. I'm going to do that one more time because I wasn't... A minute later, as the river turned, he steered the raft straight onto the beach. As Chris climbed out of the raft, he said, Why is it called Pebble Beach? Oh, Jake laughed. Yeah, too many pebbles to be called Sandy Beach. Maria crunched across the beach and dropped her load on a large flat rock Jake said they would use for a table. Then she wandered to the edge of the clearing and sat on a big log. What am I going to do about Chris? She said to herself. He still acts as if everything is fine. She stared at the river, but she didn't really see it. Her thoughts were all mixed up. After a while, a tear rolled out of each eye. What will I do? What kind of trouble will I be in when I get home? I didn't do anything. What a rotten birthday I'll have. Maria decided to pray. Bowing her head and closing her eyes, she said, Dear Jesus, please help me not to think bad things about Chris. Help me not to worry. She opened her eyes when she heard footsteps. Here, have a banana. Maria turned to find Dee Dee standing behind the log holding out a banana. I'm not hungry. Maybe it will help you feel better. Dee Dee put the banana into Maria's hand. Maria peeled the banana and took a bite. What do you think Chris told Dad about me? Maria's voice broke on the last word. Huh? You say Chris lied about you, but you don't even know what he said? Sounds strange to me. But I know he told Dad something about me. I just didn't hear all of it. Dee Dee looked at Maria, her eyebrows raised. What should I do? Maria asked. Ask Chris. Have you tried just talking to him? The story you have heard today is a chapter of The Shoebox Kids, Book 11, Rattlesnake River Adventure, written by Sandy Zog, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come. Let the children come.
Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.